Hi, I was asked to come and speak to you about three topics that are applied to education administration. When I went into administration, I was not sure about recruitment, about professional development, or about the evaluation process. So I'm going to just share with you a little bit, very small nuggets of what, we're, what you could expect in your future endeavors as an administrator. I'm the administrator of the Hutchison Early Learning Center in Lynchburg City Schools. We are the preschool early childhood special ed component of Lynchburg City Schools. Recruitment was something that I was not really sure about. I had this vision that there were lots and lots of people out there just waiting for a job and all I had to do was post a job on the website and I would be inundated with applications. Reality set in when I went to hire someone and after two months of posting the position, I had 11 applicants. Of those 11 applicants, two of them were high school coaches, one was a social worker with no experience, and four of them had a year left in, in school to complete their preparation. So it became real to me that one of the biggest challenges that you have as an administrator is recruiting the top people in your field giving them reason to be working in your division, and after you get them, to go through the training of them. Um, I was finally able to hire somebody that had one semester left. That was the only close to qualified candidate that I had. She worked out beautifully, but there was a lot of work that needed to be done to get her in place. We had to apply to the state for a continuing ed, um, conditional license so that she could even come in and work with us. I say this so that you understand when you're going to post a job, give yourself significant time because if you don't have that sufficient time, you're not going to be able to get the candidates coming in. Uh, the second thing that they asked about was how do you do professional development? And we are very fortunate in our division that our superintendent is a strong supporter of professional development. So the challenges came with how we were going to present the professional development and I went to him and I gave a case for having four days during the school year that everybody else was in school but that my staff alone would have a day of professional development and during that time I brought in some experts in the field to actually do some training and we're very fortunate that we have two national trainers in the Lynchburg area that were willing to do this for nothing. So I was able to go to the superintendent and he granted the four days. Now I will say that the other principal said, how in the world did you do it? And my, just my little nugget to you is, you won't have if you don't ask. So even if it seems like something that is far-fetching, go and ask because in these times of economic downturn where everybody's saving pennies here and pennies there. If you're able to get somebody that is well known to come in and do a professional development at no cost, chances are your school board and your superintendent are going to be listening. So we were fortunate enough we were able to do that. The other thing that we do is we send our staff to professional development conferences through the state and through the national organizations. One thing that I do with my staff when I do give them permission to go is that if they are going to a presentation, they have the understanding that when they come back, they have to present this to my staff. This has, um, there's really two reasons for it. 
it lets them know that when they're going to these conferences, they are not going as a day off. It's a chill day. It's a day to just go and, and hang out with other people in early childhood special ed. But it's actually, a, it causes them to focus more. And the second thing is when you send a staff member out and they go get really good training and they come back and they train your staff, then you've really used your professional development dollars to really benefit a lot more people. So I would encourage you to make sure that if you're sending somebody out, you do have them to have the understanding that they are going to present to the staff. The third thing is the evaluation process, and this is probably the most difficult. In early childhood special ed, we have um, a different criteria that we're looking for, and the division has seven standards that they evaluate teachers on. There's an observation schedule where the first five years you're observed twice during the year. There's a post-observation conference, a report is written up, and then you go over the report with the staff member. And it includes things like what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? How could you possibly work on this weakness to make you a, a better teacher? Then after the five years, every three years, you go through an observation schedule. Now, that doesn't mean that in the other two years you're cut free because in the other two years you have to come up with your own professional development plan. And it's called a professional growth plan and you submit it to the principal, the principal goes over it with you and this needs to be an area that you feel you need improvement in. You come together with a plan, you have to um, document what you're doing in your plan and at the end of the year you come together for an end of the year conference where you go over your plan and you show where you have developed professionally and how you can share your knowledge with others. We've had teachers that have gone for a second endorsement. We've had teachers that have written curriculum. We have teachers that have implemented new strategies. One of the exciting things I think for our program is that we have completely redesigned how we're providing services. We um, used to be a center for self-contained special ed. We had 140 children in our site, and we had them in classes with other children with special needs. We understood that when they were in those classrooms, their only role models were other children with special needs. And at the same time, the state came out with a high expectations initiative that was including children in the preschools with typically developing peers. This presented a challenge because we didn't have the preschools that we could utilize. So my staff, who is incredible, went out into the community and they started building these relationships with our community daycare, with our community preschools. And we worked with these preschools to the point that they were willing to accept children with special needs into their program, which was exciting for us because that meant our kids were getting out of the special ed environment and actually going in with their typically developing peers. The challenges came where you have special ed staff who were accustomed to having their own classroom, their own group of kids, and as, as teachers, we're kind of, we like 
to have our little kids in our little classroom, kind of like a parent doesn't want to give up their own children. That's the way that our teachers were. So it was a mind shift that they were going into somebody else's classroom and that they were going to be a support staff. And that took about two years for them to really readjust. Um, but once the program worked, we now have only eight children that are served in a self-contained classroom and the rest of our children are out in the community. And what we've been able to do is we've been able to place special ed staff in the centers if they have eight or more students. So the state sets our caseload at eight students per, per teacher. So if a center is willing to take eight children into their center, then I can place a staff member there on a permanent basis. So that was a real gimme for the um, teachers and for the, the places that were accepting our children. There were some challenges, but that's where the professional development came back in. We worked with the state and we had the state come in and work with us on what inclusion should look like and what we should be offering the sites and what they should be offering to the children that were there. It's been a very successful initiative but without the professional development that was involved, it wouldn't have succeeded. Um, you're going to face many challenges as an administrator. You're going to have challenges with recruiting, but be willing to really sell your program. Talk about what, how progressive you are. Talk about how the children are benefiting. Talking about how the teachers really benefit. Talk about the professional development that you're able to offer them because many divisions don't offer professional development. These are selling points and where you may have a lower pay scale than the, air, the different areas close to you, you may be able to recruit the best because you have what you have to offer. Uh, don't be coy about asking for professional development. Go to your school board, go to your superintendent. You're not going over anybody's head. You're simply working with them to provide the very best for your staff and in turn for your students. And when you do your observations, go in with an open mind. Look for the positives, look for the strengths. And when you sit down with your, with your staff, be sure to encourage them, give them their strengths, compliment them on the, the things that you've seen them do. And then very casually slip into, I noticed that when you were working with this student, this occurred, maybe you'd like to try this or this, or I know that your colleague here has been really successful with, with that particular strategy. Why don't you work with that person? You can talk to people about their weaknesses without it being something that is negative. And I would encourage you to do that. Thank you for allowing me to share some of my moments with you.